Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and welcome to all of my international listeners, my national and local listeners. We're so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another Tuesday. You know, for many years, my passion has been to empower people with simple success principles to transform their lives. And like most people, you want success and you want it now. But transformational work takes time and it takes work. And sometimes people want to bypass the work. But there are things that you must do to get results. And it is so empowering to learn from others who've achieved at the level that you desire. And you can learn transformational success more rapidly. So today I have a guest, Miss Laura Gisborne, that I've had the pleasure of watching her work with women for some time now. She is the business mentor who's transformed the lives of many women to make a difference in their lives, their marketplace, their communities, and the world at large. So this is a show today for everyone, the young, the bold, and the restless. So call your friends or have them download this show later. We're on the Empowerment and Women's Channels on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., Pacific Standard Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Fridays. So let me share a little bit about Ms. Gisborne. Laura is a highly successful business expert with over 20 years of experience from structuring and selling small boutique businesses to owning a multi-million dollar wine and real estate empire. Laura has owned nine businesses, her first when she was only 23 years old. She's an internationally recognized speaker and serves as a business consultant for business leaders, male and female, and entrepreneurs in a wide range of industries. She's going to share with you today her innovative business model of her company, Legacy Leaders Global, that exemplifies that companies can both be profitable and purposeful. She's the author of the books, Stop the Spinning, Move from Surviving to Thriving, and Limitless Woman, and she's been featured as a guest expert on both CBS and ABC, as well as on the national hit show, The List. So my goal today is to have my guest share her transformational journey and information to empower you to make changes in your life. And I know you're going to be inspired, challenged, and energized by Laura's incredible journey today. So you can call in live or Skype your comments or questions to me and our Laura during the show at info at transformationforsuccess.com. If you want to call, the number is 1-888-346-9141. Again, 1-888-346-9141. Now, let me introduce my guest, Miss Laura Gisborne. Greetings, Laura. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, I've been trying to get you on this show for some time, <laughs> and finally we connected. So I know you've been very busy, and there are lots of things going on in your life right now. So tell uh, my listening audience just a little bit more about your background. Well, I, um, you know, I love the work that you're doing to inspire others by sharing transformational journeys. And, um, you know, kind of the short version of my story mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. is that I grew up in a family that was not well off by American standards, by any stretch of the imagination. And um, mm-hmm. everybody was doing the best they could. You know, there was no one in my family had ever had any education and uh, just really struggled financially and struggled emotionally. And there was a tremendous amount of violence and abuse uh, mm-hmm. in our home and in our, in our community as I was growing up as a child. And for the grace of God, there were people that saw me when I could not see myself. So as a young woman, when I was living with a man that was beating me on a regular basis, uh, there was a woman that I worked oh, with that uh, kind of took me aside and said, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this way. And she was really one of these first angels that saw me, right? That really just stood by me. Oh. The way that women support women. Um, yes. Just really said, okay, let me help you, and it doesn't have to be this hard. And that really began the journey for me of seeing that life could be different. And then a, another woman handed me a copy of Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. And that also started to open my mind to the possibility that uh, mm-hmm. there was a different world out there. 
So uh, at this point, you know, it's it's 30 years later on a typical overnight sensation. You know, it's just so interesting, and thank you for sharing that, too, and being so transparent, because so many women and many of my listeners who have called in or who write me and let me know, they have similar stories. I mean, many of them, but to think of how women support other women and how this woman gave you a book to read. And it's interesting because uh, I'm a reader, and I know that uh, many people that I've talked to who are successful, they've talked about books that have led them to success, you know, and by being motivating and helping them. So it's kudos to this woman who came into your life and made such a, a difference. I want to um, yeah. share, have you share with the listeners, because how did you start your business? Here you are, 23. I mean, you got your first business. Did you, were you inspired by someone you saw as an entrepreneur or how did you, you know, think, I want to start a business. <laughs> how did you involve oh, Well, well let, let me be, let me be completely honest. I, I do not deserve credit for that. The, the, you know, the mm-hmm. bio writer has that looking very sexy, but um, I actually married into a family business when I was 23 okay. it was, and uh, okay. it was a restaurant mm-hmm. and we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was my husband and his sister and our brother-in-law and, and his folks were around as well. So everybody in the family wore a different hat and we all worked seven days a week. But we quickly oh, wow. got out of that within within a year and went to open up another restaurant and then another restaurant. And, you know, my journey just kind of went on from there. But, uh, yeah, so the first one, the very first one. I can't take mm-hmm. credit for it. I married into it. Yes. Okay. Okay. But, you know, in a way, that's an experience that may be divinely orchestrated because it taught you something about business. Absolutely. Yes. My, <laughs> my father-in-law was an amazing mentor. And, um, you know, he, like myself, had come up in a family where, uh, you know, people worked really hard and, and mm-hmm. uh, did the best that they could do with what they understood. But he was really a smart businessman. And he had a lot of different entrepreneurial experience. So mm-hmm. he planted a lot of seeds in me. And as we grew over the years and doing different types of businesses in different industries like real estate and retail and then the wine business, um, you know, I took those seeds with, the, with me, right? So each one of those mm-hmm. blossomed into a different, a different direction as we went into different industries. What do you think was one of the most important seeds or one of those valuable things that you took with you that you're translating that now that you're using uh, with women to make a difference in business? Well, it's, it's, that's a great, I, I would say one of the most important seeds was that, um, you know, he was kind of a gruff older man and he just said, mm-hmm. you're never going to get wealthy working for somebody else. So there was something mm-hmm. in that, um, even though my goal wasn't necessarily at that point to be wealthy, I was just a kid, right? I was just trying mm-hmm. to figure out what my next steps were. Mm-hmm. Um, what has happened as a result of being successful in business is it has provided my family resources for education and opportunities that no one in my family had ever experienced before. Like mm-hmm. It really was healing for a cycle of poverty for us uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a family. It's really beautiful. And then mm-hmm. to be in a place right now in my 50s where I'm able to use the money that we generate from our live events and from some of the uh, consulting work that I do now to be able to make a difference for those who don't have access, to be able to pay forward those mm-hmm. women that saw me when I was in a young position and not able to do for myself, to be able to use that to pay forward uh, you know, the gifts that I've been given is really a great blessing. You know, I was thinking about that too, that oftentimes uh, when I have, again, talked with people, and myself included, who want to pay it forward, it's because we went through a cycle or we went through situations which allowed us to have that inner, inner, inward, I would say, want or need to give back. And so I want to applaud you for that because, you know, maybe some people have that seed planted that they want to help people and use the money that they get to pay it forward. And there are people who are a little bit selfish about it. So I want to just applaud you for doing that, Laura, because I know you, I've seen you speak, I've heard you, and I know you're always so encouraging. But when did you realize, you know, and it really came to you that you wanted to make a difference in this world, you wanted to make a difference with, with women? Was it just women or individuals at large? When did you realize that? You know, it's actually, I just feel like there's a divine timing, right, with the work mm-hmm. that we do today. And what mm-hmm. it looked like, Barbara, in my early 20s is that I had like a double life. And I think uh, many, many people can kind of relate to that. They have their day job, right, the things that they do for business and life and career. And then we mm-hmm. have kind of our passions on the side. So 
at the mm-hmm. same time that I married into this family business, I was actually going to law school and I was working uh, part-time in a law firm as a paralegal doing some, mm-hmm. some writing for okay. them. And I discovered uh-huh. the CASA organization, which is court-appointed special advocates for foster children. And I was mm-hmm. just intrigued by the idea that if we could actually help children and families prior, you know, we, we could stop those cycles with, with little folks rather than having people grow up and then having to go back and heal and redo right. You right. Know, the, the inner right. child work, right? So I started volunteering actually about the same time that I uh, married and got into this family business. So it, the two things were happening concurrently. And the work started initially with children. Mm-hmm. Probably because I was trying to heal my own inner child from the abuse I had suffered as a child, mm-hmm. right? Just really mm-hmm. wanting to know what it looked like to have healthy families and have uh, children not be beaten and not be neglected. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, so it really started with that. And the journey with women has come more in the last um, six to seven years. Okay. You know, just uh, mm-hmm. around 2011, I started being introduced to some amazing women, and I wasn't a speaker, and I hadn't written my first book yet, and mm-hmm. it wasn't anything I was looking for, but all the introductions kept coming around women, and it kept coming around philanthropy, and I had a lot of soul-searching of, like, who am I to do mm-hmm. this, to mm-hmm. be a philanthropist? I'm, I'm happy to volunteer and do some charity work, but I didn't see myself in the bigger leadership role of, of using my voice and using my business to help others. So that's all just been an evolution. I think it's still going on, right? I just hope that I just hope that there's uh, happiness for me to evolve, Laura, as we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, kind of went off a little bit as I was thinking about all that you're saying and how the things that impact us in early childhood and how uh, it does leave that mark. Uh, on us, but to really outgrow that and to get beyond that. And I just, again, just applaud you because this is the real Laura Gisborne folks that we're listening. And for many women out there, you've gone through similar situations, but this is also the show that helps you to know that you can do anything if you believe you can do it. So, Laura, one of the things I wanted to ask you was you have a family. You had children, of course, right? You have children, right? I do. I have three children now. And so what I, what, one of the questions, too, is that I'm always asked, and I ask women this, how did you begin your work with a family, children, and find life-work balance? Mm. Well, it's interesting because I certainly did not have it figured out, right? And I didn't have a whole lot of good role models for a right. stable family. So, right. My first, my first marriage ended after seven years, and we were very good business partners, but we were not good lovers, and I think I'm 100% responsible for that, right? To use the relationship, the communication, we could have used some help, and I probably was not willing or open to doing mm-hmm. what I needed to do. And I say that mm-hmm. because when I remarried, and I've been married now to Scott for 18 years, mm-hmm. um, there, marriage is a choice, right? It, it's a, you and I have had discussions about this, about your relationship with your beloved, how, right, you know, right. what a gift, what a gift marriage is, but it takes work and it takes focus and it takes That's right. responsibility, right? That's right. So, um, when I remarried, I got a lot of help and uh, good counseling and, and, you know, and I married a partner who was willing to grow and learn with me. So That's that had a lot to do with it. When we got married, um, when Scott and I got married, Erica, my daughter, was three years old. My son, Jacob, was almost seven. And I said to him, you know, my this is the most important thing in the world to me is just my children. And he married all of us, right? He didn't just marry me. But right. we as a family mm-hmm. consciously chose to build businesses. And the kids were always with us, but everything, we always made sure that they knew they came first. We worked our businesses around mm-hmm their schedules. So even though I was a working mom, Mm -hmm. it was really about what are the core values? What are the priorities? And maybe because I had messed up my first marriage, Barbara, I was Mm -hmm. really clear to make sure that I put my family first. And I know that um, a lot of people would like to do that and then they feel pulled and then there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, just the the energy of work and demands. Mm -hmm. But I find that when we really commit to our core values, we really commit to what matters Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. The rest of the things start to take care of themselves, right? Something about healthy boundaries. 
I really applaud you for that because that's a question I'm sure many women have asked you too, Laura, because they want the career, they want the family, they want the children, and it is really something in terms trying to juggle that. But I too uh, gave my all to my kids and said, my time will come, but they deserve to be, you know, have seeds planted in them to make them feel that there's a quality life and that they matter. So Thank you for that. So we're going to take a quick break. Gosh, wow. <laughs> and we're going to be right back. So listeners, stay tuned because we'll be back with my guest, Miss Laura Gisborne. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my guest today, Miss Laura Bisborn, who is a highly successful business expert with over 20 years of experience. She's the business mentor who's transformed the lives of many women to make a difference in their communities, their marketplace, and the world at large. So thank you, Laura, again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I have some more questions for you. Let me tell you, lady, we got a lot to get out of today. <laughs> All good, my friends. Well, one of the things um, I was wanting to know was share, um, you've, you've mentored a lot of women, and when I think of mentorship, I just get so excited about it because, you know, uh, and mentoring women is absolutely one of my greatest loves. So share with me some of your success stories with your mentees, uh, business women that you've advised and helped. Thanks for asking, Barbara. And I just think, again, mm-hmm. you're such a beautiful mentor. I, I see the, you know, the posses of women that follow you everywhere you go. So I just <laughs> know, you know, you're such an amazing role model to all of us. And so it's an honor to receive that from you. Um, I'd say that, you know, the greatest success for me, because I lead leaders, right? My company is mm-hmm. Legacy Leaders Global. It's really around women. I don't, I don't tend to attract the uh, the work that we do is not really for the faint of heart. I don't attract mild-mannered women that are kind of sitting on the mm-hmm. sidelines watching. I attract women that are strong, individual, focused mm-hmm. women, and a lot of them are working way too hard and wearing too many hats in their businesses, and they have a great passion for giving back. You know, mm-hmm. we just, again, our whole community is about how do we use our profits for purpose. And so the women that I work with, when I see them really own their leadership and mm-hmm. start to receive support and recognize that we all have the same 24 hours in the day, right? That the challenge becomes, I don't have enough time to get it all done. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we start to really see women own that their time is the most precious resource that they have and mm-hmm. see them choose to use it effectively in the areas where they are 
you know, exceptionally talented or uniquely qualified to bring a service and then allow Mm -hmm. themselves to be supported by teams of other people who have different skill sets, right? There's a whole lot of letting go that happens uh, when you're running your own company. If you try to do everything, you're always going to hit a ceiling. So when I see a woman start to build teams and let go of wearing every hat, um, you know, Uh their businesses Uh start to scale and they always commit, you know, I, I don't work with a company unless they commit to incorporating philanthropy. So as their businesses grow, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. amount of money that they give grows, and then they start, you know, volunteering their time and sharing their talents, and we really start seeing, again, the ripple effect of their communities, because I'm just one small person with my community, right? right? So right. as you have your community and as our other friends have their communities together mm-hmm. as a tribe, that's where it really starts to get juicy. We start creating much more impact together. It's interesting because, you know, um, I was with a group of master of what I call influencers, and you're one of those, mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about was people who are successful have a project or they give back. They are, you know, it's, it's like building, but they're building so that they can give back. So I like that you integrate that with your legacy leaders. Um, you know, this is going to sound like a strange question, but it's one that's <laughs> intriguing to me. Laura, what's the toughest, <laughs> the toughest assignment you've ever had? You know, uh, mentoring someone or, or a group of, of women. What's been the toughest uh, assignment? I call it an assignment. You're on assignment, lady. <laughs> what's been the yeah, toughest? Yeah, what's been... <laughs> That is a good question. What's been the toughest? You know, I find that um, I have so much joy in my work, Barbara, but I'll tell you because I just recently had, I had the first time since we've been um, offering mentorship programs, I had the first time where I had to let a client go. And it was really, um, it was a little heartbreaking and, and we parted amicably, but it was an interesting piece. And I'll tell you, uh, what was difficult about it is that in the intake process, what I mean by that is I feel like we hire our clients, not the other mm-hmm. way around. So there's okay. a positioning there where we're very careful about who we choose to work with because we really want to mm-hmm. make sure that it's a win for them, a win for us, and that there is service in the world, right? There's a bigger mm-hmm. win. So usually when we take a new client, there's a, a pretty intense vetting process, and we've turned down to date about 60% of the people that apply to work with us, not because we don't love them, but if it's not a good match, we just really want to be set up for success. And so uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. we had a client that we took in who came in as a referral, as a friend of a friend, and we really, again, liked the person, but I looked back and saw all the red flags where there wasn't you know, responsibility and there wasn't implementation, and it was just like, wow, I saw this coming, and I just didn't, I didn't take responsibility. So I'd say the hardest thing for me is really looking at always where can I improve as a leader of my company? I want to be a good mm-hmm. steward of the time of not only my clients, but my team and the world, right? So if, if I use the most precious resource I have, that little bit of time, I want to make sure I just partner with people that are really committed to giving back. And a lot of times people will say that, but you've got to actually look at the actions. That's right, because if they, you don't see any action, you know they're not with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what... What uh, does one have to do in terms for the vetting process? Is there something you can share for some ladies who out there who might be interested in this legacy mentorship program? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So really what we look for is someone that is well-established in their craft, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I I tend Mm -hmm. to work with a mature audience. We have a lot of young women that we like to uh, help for free, and we're always happy to do that. Our our company basically has two levels, people that we partner with at a high, you know, level of commitment, and the people Mm -hmm. that we're just so happy to give away all of our resources for free as much as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. So those young leaders, we want to encourage and give them the tools so they can be in a position to work with us as partners. So with the partnership process, what we look at is someone who really has um, some experience in their skill. It's not, oh, I have an idea for a business, but they've been in business for a while. So they might have you know, been working okay. as a bookkeeper for a while and then become an accountant, and then they kind of go out and hang their shingle. It's not that they have to have a certain level of mm-hmm. financial acuity. It's not, we're not looking to just partner with million-dollar businesses. We want to really help people reach that pinnacle, but we mm-hmm. want to look and see that they know who they are and who they serve, because I think that we all have some level of proficiency, which hopefully leads to mastery when we stay in our lane and really work on what we're committed to. So that's the first piece. The second piece is they have to have shown 
a willingness and uh, some, again, some skin in the game for giving back, not just thinking that someday they'd like to give back, but that they've really shown that they've worked either uh-huh. through church uh-huh. or community or through, you know, in some way of contributing, um, whether they had money or they volunteered, it uh-huh. matters not. But I just, you know, our community is really about a purpose. So we want to make sure that they're clear that they're uh-huh. going to use the skills that we share with them to really help others who don't have access. I think that's great. I mean, experience in the business, you need to know who you are, who you serve, and to show some some alignment with what your purpose is and, the, and your giving and your contributions, whether it's monetarily or whether it's through volunteering. I think that's wonderful, uh, Laura. What, how did you come up with this in terms of these, this would be the criteria, uh, you know, for establishing this mentoring program? Is there something? <laughs> well, you Barbara, I, I'm, gigg- I'm giggling a little bit just because, you know, what I found, and this is my ninth business, and, and this is really my legacy work, so I would imagine that unless God takes me home, it's going to be what I'm doing indefinitely at this point. Um, well, it's great. But, I, but most of the businesses that I've done, you know, I've had an idea, I've gotten into action, and then I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> That's how I learned, right, how to fix it. Um, with this one, I couldn't really... I could see that there was the place around giving back, but I, I couldn't find a lot of women philanthropists as role models, right? I was kind of looking at how can I model somebody else other than our, you know, our great mother, Oprah. Uh, I was looking at, you know, what, what other places are there women who are really doing their business and using it for, for purpose? And so um, we looked at a lot of different models out there and then really looked at what was our profit margin in our company. And, and most of the companies we've started, if we could be at a good 20% profit, um, that's a good place mm-hmm. to start, right? So we looked at taking, again, the top line, the top 20% of all of our revenue in our consulting company is donated to charity by the clients. So the clients actually make the donations directly, so they get the full tax benefit, but we as a community get to tally that up, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an innovative way of looking at if you do your little bit and I do my little bit and somebody else does their little bit together, cumulatively, as a, as a company, we just passed $200,000 in donations this year. So um, that's that wonderful. Was big, that's wonderful. It was a big milestone for us. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, well, you know, we're constantly evolving, as I said earlier, was we're growing mm-hmm. and evolving and we make some mistakes and we, we try to do our best to course correct. But what I find is that as this community of women come together and support one another, they bring their brilliance and they're much smarter than I am, right? Everybody brings a little bit of what they know and their experience. And so together we're crafting this limitless women community that's out in the world uh, doing great work. I think that's great. One of the things I know about you is that it said, you know, Laura walks side by side with you while you take your business to new heights. Laura, is that difficult in trying to walk side by side with many of these women? I mean, because I know, you know, I you're absolutely drop dead gorgeous for your age. But is it something that sort of takes takes a lot of energy to walk side by side with all these ladies and their businesses and taking them to new heights? You know, Barbara, it's interesting. Um, it's a great question. It would be like, is it hard to love your child? Right? I mean, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel hard yeah, at all. Yeah, it feels like yeah. a great honor to be in partnership. But I think, again, that, that process of, you know, interviewing and getting to know each other and, and doing a lot of things together for free first, which is really, you know, our whole model, which is how you and I met through eWomen. I just absolutely love, love, love eWomen. Um, is this give first idea, right? Like we're really like, let's give first, let's, let's date a little bit, let's see if it's working. And if it feels like a good match, then we can move to the next level together. But um, it never feels hard because um, companies hire us, and I say us, myself and my team, to, to help them with the strategy and building the systems. A lot of CEOs, a lot of founders of of companies have great vision, but they don't have a lot of experience in building systems. And I think, you know, I joke that God had a bigger plan because my first job Mm -hmm. was at McDonald's, right? So the Mm -hmm. the master of systems is McDonald's. You go in anywhere in the world and you know where the French fries are, you know where the burgers are, you know where that cashier is going to be. When we look at a business, the systems are the secret to freedom for the the founder and for the CEO, and when we can really create, again, teams and organizations where the company is 
committed to the vision of that founder, and then the founder has some time freedom to really bring their talents to the causes they care about, uh-huh. it's a very sweet spot. So it, it, it feels like a co-creation for me every time that I get to be a part of the creation, and our team helps with the implementation of the systems so uh-huh. that, again, the founder can be free to fly. Right. You know, and yeah. that maybe answers my question I had about, I get asked this a lot, so uh, it's what are some of the major challenges facing small and women-owned mid-sized businesses today? Mm-hmm. And maybe you answered that with, with systems, not having the systems in places or something else that um, you feel are facing women today. These are small and women mid-sized businesses that they should yeah. learn from yeah. your experience. Well, I think that we are in mm-hmm. a, we are in a time of information overload, and mm-hmm. so I think that really what it is is that we don't need more education per se. We need to figure out what are the right actions that are going to mm-hmm. actually cause our businesses to thrive. Like, what are the places mm-hmm. that we need to focus our precious resource of time? And what I find is that across all industries that we've worked with, um, there's really this, these five pillars of business. So we look at what are the systems that you need in in what area. And so right. I can just tell you that quickly that. The, the five are, the first is leadership, right? The mindset, the right. leadership of the organization. Then we move into sales and marketing because without revenue, it doesn't matter if you have the greatest idea in the world and the biggest heart. We've got to learn how to actually provide service and have an energy exchange of cash flow. So that sales mm-hmm. and marketing is so vital. And right. then the financial leadership for women. So None of us come out of the womb knowing how to run a business. We don't know how to organize our finances. There's an education mm-hmm. that's involved there. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, again, um, we can learn that, but, but having it in a way that's focused for small business and it's tied into the sales and marketing, we really work on having all of our women have these systems all integrated so that they flow very easily. We work on it together throughout the year. Then we look at receiving support and having team and having relationships. You, know, you and I being friends out here in the world, how do we support each other is one way mm-hmm. of being related, but what are the team members that you need and how do you have your company actually generate, again, the revenue to pay for that, not how am I going to do it, but how does that team member not only bring value to you, mm-hmm. but to your mm-hmm. customers and then pay for themselves, right? And then how do we deliver the promise? What are the operations, the day-to-day operations? If we stay in our lane, this is who I serve, this is what I do, this is what our company's about. If we just stay in that and we rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat, we can reach millions of people. When we start looking at a million different things we can do, we never really get the results we want. Well, I, I'm glad you, you talked about the right actions and these five, I have four pillars, leadership, sales, yeah. marketing, and service, financial leadership, and teams, building a team, and, and operations, of course, is important with that, too. Did I get, mm-hmm. did I give you the feedback right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, four, so the pillars are, leadership is one pillar, uh, right. sales and marketing is the second yes. pillar, finance yes. Is the third it's pillar the third. financial leadership and, and finance and how you track your money? Right. Then team is number four, and then operations right. is number five. Okay, so there are five, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you got that out there because it is really encouraging to have you share this. Because I think you know, and one of the questions I'm going to ask, and uh, that is, what are you forecasts for the future for our millennials, and what should we be? Should we be really? Or do you have them? I've been asked that. Some of the millennials that are a part of this, maybe not because they're probably not as successful as they would be to go into your program. But I am interested in our millennial population because by 2025, there's going to be 11 million of them. Yeah, so kind of amazing. I and, I, and, I, and I've given birth to a couple of them, so I'm so excited about this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, to see what, what, what's up for them. You know, millennials have, in so many ways, I think for our mature audience, millennials sometimes get a bad rap, but it's, it's isn't they this kind of the age old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the age-old piece of, like, not understanding each other. So if we can find more compassion and communication and understanding amongst anybody who's different, uh, we, we can grow together. And we, we really want to embrace, uh, you know, these, to me, are our emerging leaders. This is the next generation that actually can mm-hmm. carry the torch for any initiatives or any ideas that we have. What's different is, obviously, they, you know, you and I probably didn't, well, I know I didn't, and I don't think you did either, grow up with the Internet. Uh, people, no. Millennials are global citizens, 
And so it's the idea that something uh, doesn't matter because it's not in my backyard has gone away. Everything is our backyard, right? We're really aware now how we are a global society and how we're, what happens in some other part of the world, be it in the Middle East or be it in Africa, it does affect us. And so yes, I think does. that they are, they've raised, they've been raised with a consciousness of themselves as global citizens, which I find to be really inspiring. Now, what they have, again, access to information. Remember that when we were growing up, you used to memorize something and then you would repeat it back to your teacher. That's, 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 right. a, that's a, a useless way of learning anymore, right? Because anything you want, you just go to the computer and it's there. Right. That's right. So what they have and what we really want to shift in our education system is an ability to cultivate creativity, which I think entrepreneurship is the greatest creative playground that exists for a human being. Right, we're constantly solving problems. We're constantly looking at things in new in new ways. So, as these young ones come up, they know that they have freedom. They know they have opportunities. Um, I think it's an exciting, exciting time to watch what they do with that because they also seem to have a very deep. Uh, you know, there's the books about the shift from me to we. They have a deep sense yes. of their responsibility as citizens, which I love. I think there's some good, love good it. possibilities coming with them. I love it, and, and thank you for sharing about that, because I have such a keen interest in millennials, and of course, you, you're you raising, too, but uh, it is. <laughs> they're, they're kind of grown up now, but yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back, because I've got some more questions to ask Laura, and I'm sure your listeners are going to be waiting for her answers, so we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my interview and discussion with my good friend, Laura Gisman, who's a highly successful business expert, With over 20 years of experience, I mean, this woman has got it all. Listen, she's got a program called the Legacy Leaders Global, and we've been talking about some of her successes and some of her good tidbits that she's giving. So I want you, in this last section of our show, those of you out there, you might want to get your pen and your pads and take some notes, because I've got some real key questions for Laura. So Laura... As we were talking about the millennials and we were talking about uh, some of the benefits they have that we in our generation didn't have. But one of the questions, too, that everybody would ask, even millennials or men or just individuals in general, is there any one key to success? Is there any one key that you would say is the key to success? 
You know, Barbara, I think um, there there are probably several keys, right? And there's been many, right. many amazing books written about this. And, yes. um, you know, in my first book, Stop the Spinning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I outlined kind of the places that had taken me from poverty to a place of prosperity and independence. And, and I think that there's steps, right? We've talked a little bit about how the fact that each of us has only the same amount of time, how we choose to use it is really key. What right. I find is that from a personality standpoint, the most successful people that I ever get to be with, that I get to spend time with, are people that are very humble and very open-minded to learning. So I think some mm-hmm. of the greatest teachers are always the best students. Right? So I'd say if there was one key mm-hmm. element, um, it, it's to stay with a beginner's mind and to stay open-minded because the world is constantly changing. And when we can embrace those changes and really flow with them, uh, you know, it feels like the blessings come in a much easier way. And there's so much available for us. So, uh, yeah, I'd say staying as a student always is, is really one I of love the key that. I love that. And I've heard that a lot. And um, as a leader... Laura, I know we talked a little bit about in the five pillars, leadership is so important. And for women entrepreneurs, or just women in general, women in corporations, women in, in technology, women in medicine, what are some of the essential traits you believe are, are essential for effective leadership? Well, it's a great question, Barbara, and especially now as we move into women's leadership, right? As we yes, are... Yes. Uh, we, yeah, we, we can look at our what we've seen in role models in the past mm-hmm. where a lot of women were in a very masculine-driven way, very decisive, but they weren't always necessarily great leaders. And I mm-hmm. think great leaders are leaders that cultivate other leaders. So in order to do that, it requires us not to just make quick decisions and delegate, but to slow down a little bit and honor the process of learning again mm-hmm. so that we mm-hmm. can educate the people around us and empower them so that they in turn can be their own leaders, right? So, you, you know, a dream team mm-hmm. for me, when we build a rock star team in an organization, it's where people are autonomous and 100% responsibility, but we're all sharing the same vision and mission and working together towards a goal. That creates mm-hmm. magic mm-hmm. in my experience. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, the reason why I asked you that question, because I see you as a leader, you've been able to garner, you know, support, uh, embrace other women, have women embrace you. What do you think that was all about? What do you think that you that you give? <laughs> so good. It's such a good question. Well, if I could go back to this with all you know, love and respect for my parents, because again, they mm-hmm. were teenagers mm-hmm. when I was born, and they were doing the best they could. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that um, I probably because my mother was so young when I was born. She, we, we didn't have a good, healthy relationship, and there was a lot of dynamics there that were not healthy psychologically, mm-hmm. as I've come mm-hmm. to know over years, right? But I had to learn how to be a girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And Sandra Yancey, the founder of eWomen, has been such a good role model for me in this. But I had to learn how to, to give and then also to receive, Right, there's okay. something about mm-hmm. receiving as a form of giving. You know, we always mm-hmm. that's right. think like, okay, I'm going to give, 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 and that's going to be good enough. But if we don't receive, we don't allow ourselves to be supported. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to give you a gift, you want to honor them and receive that gift, right? There's something about mm-hmm. this full circle of giving and receiving and how those things are integrated that mm-hmm. as I've learned that and I've grown in, the, in my, my willingness and my ability to receive, I've become a better girlfriend and I've become a better mentor for other women and I've been blessed beyond measure to be gifted with incredible insights and support and love from other women. So I feel like it's actually a full circle. That's great. What did you do to learn how to give, how to receive? What did you do? <laughs> I now, actually, I'm, I'm, you know, the reason why I'm asking it. you that is because no, in my experience, I'm, I, 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 I hate saying this, but really, my experience, what I do for women is answer the questions that people don't ask because they'll say, you should do yeah. this or you should be this, but nobody tells you how to do that, how to be. Right. Really, oh, honestly. So yeah, I, I appreciate your wisdom. I show women what to do, how to be, because everybody says, you should be more positive. You should be open-minded. Right. You should be this. You should be that. But nobody tells you how to be. That, so that's what Beautiful. I'm just getting at. You, you, no, you it's are a great getting. question. Yes. 
So it's a great question. So I first had to get kind of kicked in the butt by one of my girlfriends that said to me, you're a great giver, but you're a horrible receiver. So that's where it started, right? She catalyzed it. And I remember where I was and when it happened. It happened in uh, December of 2014. So well, that's really intervention. What I did, I, <laughs> that's a little intervention they, by a friend. It was an right. intervention by a friend. It took a girlfriend to really say it to me, right? And, you know, it's a little too cool for school. So what I did, Barbara, I have a daily practice. You know, part of my self-care is every morning I wake and I spend time meditating and praying and okay. giving gratitude for all that's happening. So in my gratitude practice daily for the year of 2015, that means for an entire year, uh-huh. I pray to be shown how to be a better receiver. And I listened for it, and I watched for it, but that was my daily prayer for an entire year. It was the year of learning to receive, and it's an ongoing practice now for me, and sometimes Uh when I remember, it's not the main focus of my year this year, but it is really, uh, it was a game changer for me. I bet that was. I mean, and I hope somebody out there, and I'm sorry I kind of pushed you into that, but somebody out there is getting that message that they need to learn how to receive. And it doesn't just take overnight. She spent one year (laughs) of of meditating. (laughs) And I think the first thing that really struck me and resonated with me is that 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 spirit of gratitude, of being grateful, uh, that gratefulness leads to what you talked about in effective leadership of humility and being open. Because when you have a spirit of gratitude, you're open, you're more humble because you're thankful that you're alive. So thank you for sharing that. I, mm. I love that. My pleasure. Well, My pleasure. So, Laura, what has been the toughest decision that you've ever had to make? Um, Personally, you know, or firing somebody, I, or, 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 or well, just saying, I, would, I give up, I leave. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I think about this year, Barbara, it's interesting because this you, know, you and I spoke about this when we were together in person last time. This year has, for me, in some ways, been the hardest year I remember because my husband almost died in April. And we spent many, many months uh, in recovery. We found out that he has terminal heart disease. He's 56. And, uh, you know, they saved his life for now and bought us some more time. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, But it's been terrifying because I felt a little bit like I've had one foot in losing him and then another foot in, like, how do I seize every moment that I have that we have left, right? And, And just really, again, staying in the gratitude for what is. Um, so I'd say, you know, the hardest decision, uh, has been how do I remember what matters, you know, and I think that this is probably an ongoing piece. Um, how do I remember what matters and at the same time, not lose sight of my, my opportunities and my vision. And, you know, I know a lot of women struggle. We talked about this earlier, that a lot of women struggle Mm -hmm. with the balance, right? How do I be the mm-hmm. wife that I want to be and still go out in the world and do the work that I want to be and be not be afraid to be away from him, right? Like, how do we find the balance? How do we find the dance? Um, and so it's, it, I feel like I'm in it, actually, to answer the question. I feel like I'm actually in it daily right now. And, it, and it's revealing itself to me. I'm, I have a very blessed life. I'm very grateful, but I'm a, little, uh, I'm a little frail and I'm a little tender about the whole experience. Well, I really want to thank you, Laura, for sharing that. I didn't want to bring that up, but uh, and that was not the intent of my question, but thank you so much for sharing, and I know that my prayers and the prayers of the listeners go with you uh, as you embark upon another journey. So I want to just thank you so much for being on the show today and, and just sharing your your journey and remarkably how you're surviving and thriving and launching yes. your Legacy Leaders Global. I am so happy to hear about that. But as we close the show today, I want to thank Laura. And I want my listeners to know there are many challenges that we all face in today's world. And some of them are good, some bad some ugly. And there, I know some of you out there who are brokenhearted and disappointed, disillusioned, and maybe you're locked into a standstill mode and afraid to pursue your dreams. But it is so empowering and inspirational to hear stories such as Laura's today, who's met many challenges and overcome them with success. And you can do the same in whatever dream that you have. Life is a journey. 
and carving away at worry and doubt and fear and all of those other negative emotions that and people that can hold you back. But it's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you are not. So I challenge mm. you this time to take time before the end of the week and understand that you are here to do. And so, Laura, I want to give you a few minutes to sort of have your last words as my guest on this show, because I believe when we do things, we do it and we pursue it with passion as enthusiasm as you have done. So I want you to share a few things you'd like to share with the listening audience today. Well, I think in a nutshell, um, first of mm-hmm. all, let me say thank you again for a wonderful interview, and I just so appreciate your challenging questions. Uh, Scott and I got married <laughs> ten weeks after our first date. We've been married now eighteen years, and I'm the only person I, I'm the only person that I know that wrote in my wedding vows. We wrote our wedding vows to each other. I promise to challenge you always. So I'm one of the people that loves a challenge, and I've just so enjoyed being with you, my friend. It's really, you know, I think we grow when we're stretching, we're growing. So, um, and and I think for the list. What I'd love to request is that, um, you know, that each of you really remember what matters and really focus on that. And when times feel stressful or feel like they're overwhelming, come back to the relationships that you have. Um, You know, what my family has really learned in this last year is that nothing is more precious than being kind to one another. And I think when we are kind to ourselves first, when we learn to have a little more compassion, a little more grace with ourselves while we're all in the process of growing, I'm pretty sure if we're alive and breathing, God's not done with us, right? There's more to grow. There's more to learn. There's more evolving. So being gentle with ourselves as we go through the process allows us to have the space and the Mm -hmm. strength to be gentle with others and I think, again, if we can just learn to be a little more kind to one another and kind to ourselves, the whole world flows with so much more grace. That is such a wonderful closing, and thank you so much. You know, John Maxwell said one of the greatest values of mentors is the ability to see ahead what others cannot see and help them. navigate a course to their destination. And that is what my friend, Miss Laura Gisborne, is doing today. And Laura, I want to wish you so much success and so many blessings and good health for your husband, a recovery, because I know a God that can heal. And I just want to thank you again. So, listeners, I invite you to tune in next Tuesday as I'm going to have another guest with an incredible story that you will not want to miss. So stay tuned and stay blessed. Be forever transformed. And thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.